What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, episode 95. 95! Oh shit, we're getting there. Five away from the big 100. I know, that's what, like a month. I we're know. like five weeks away so from 100. Excited. That's so crazy! So excited. 2020 is going to be a huge year for us huge here at Crazy year. Ant Media, man. So excited, so freaking excited. Ah, but anyway... Getting to today's show, episode 95, we have a special guest, Chaya Nene, coming on the show. Yes! Huge fans of her, one of our most valuable friends out in Hollywood. Oh, without doubt. Yeah, and so inspirational, man. She, mm -hmm. She's just, everything that she does is, <laughs> is amazing. I'm dropping my tools. Oh, yeah, she's just wonderful, and, and I think the fans are really going to enjoy this interview. Yeah, seriously, seriously. Oh, my goodness, and there was so much news that came out this week. A lot of it being nominations. It's award season, guys, so we're talking the Golden Globes and the SAG-AFTRA Awards, mm. or at least the nominations for right now. Definitely. Oh, man, there was some snubs, not even going to lie, especially with uh, Ford vs. Ferrari. We're huge fans of that film and huge fans of... The actors that portrayed these characters in the film, and they deserved more than what they're getting. I would agree. So, Ber Bernthal should just go Frank Castle on their asses. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> but your hosts for this week are myself, JLo, Fantastic, and the one and only Mal. What up? And of course, where we get this thing started, Christmas season is here, guys, and it's right around the corner, like two weeks away, something like that. And who wouldn't want? Some crazy ant media gear underneath their Christmas tree in their stocking. You know, head over to our website, crazyantmedia.com, click on our merchandise page, and start getting your Christmas gifts. It's true. All I want for Christmas is a bonk bag. Yes. A bonk bag would be perfect. Hell That's yeah. All I'm saying. I mean, you know, a little hat and shirt and stuff, but that bonk bag is handy. It is. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. Let's get this thing kicked off with the Golden Globes. Now, get this, guys. For the first time ever in the same outlet as leading both film and television nominations at the Golden Globes. Netflix is the most nominated film distributor with 17 nominations. That's yes, insane. It is insane. And it's the same thing, 17 nominations on the TV side. Damn. That is crazy. Yeah. Um it, like okay. Altogether, this is insane. The streamers 30 nominations total amongst Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Prime Video and Apple TV. Mm -hmm. Um next was cable, 15 uh nominations and then uh let's see, that's premium cable networks. Mm -hmm. Uh basic cable got 7 and another first for the Golden Globes for the first time in history the broadcast networks ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox shut out. Damn. No nominate you will not hear this is us yeah. announced. Yeah. Sterling K Brown not a net like, like what the fuck? Yeah, it's super crazy man, super crazy. Even more so what we've been talking about for the 95 episodes that we've been on the air talking about cutting the cord. People are just going to go more towards the streamers and this is proven fact yeah proven fact and for right now it's really good news for netflix i mean you know and a lot went into this reporting about how it's because of the quality of these streamers and the product that they're putting out the content that they're putting out and that was the knock against you know the networks mm -hmm. that they're just not living up anymore to the quality of of what the content is on the streamers yeah um I don't disagree with that. I mean, there's a handful. Like I said, This Is Us and, uh, you know, a couple of shows on the networks that I, I feel do live up to the quality, but they're just being overshadowed immensely by the, the, the original content on the streamers. Yeah. And 
you know, that's just something that, you know, could we eventually see the broadcast networks phased out? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Just saying. Just Ma- saying. It's crazy, man. It really is. Well, let's talk about the nominations a little bit. For the best motion picture for the drama category, we got 1917, mm-hmm. The Irishman, mm-hmm. Joker, Marriage Story, and The Two Popes. Uh, by my count, that's three Netflix films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Super crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just uh, Is Irishman going to be the biggie like everybody's talking about? Well, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, best motion picture, musical, or comedy? Dolmite is my name. <laughs> Another Netflix. Yep. Jojo Rabbit, Knives Out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Rocket Man. Yeah. All right. I'm surprised by Rocket Man, honestly, just because it was like so long ago i feel like but people aren't forgetting it they're really not no it was, um, I, I loved it so yeah I, I mean i don't know but um, uh best director for a motion picture goes to bong jong ho for parasite uh sam mendez for 1917 todd phillips for joker Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep, yep. Best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama, Cynthia Ervo, Harriet, uh, Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story, Sarice Ronan, Little Women, Charlize Theron, Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger, Judy. Yeah, and for best performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical and or comedy, uh, Anna D. Armas for Knives Out, Aquafina The Farewell, Kate Belanchet for Where'd You Go, Bernadette, uh, Benny, Benny Feldstein for Booksmart, and Emma Thompson for Late Night. Yes. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in any motion picture. <laughs> okay. Right. Kathy Anything. Bates, uh, Richard Jewell, Annette Benning, The Report, Laura Dern, Marriage Story, Jennifer Lopez, Hustlers, and Margot Robbie, Bombshell. Little confusion on this one, too. Apparently, Kathy Bates was accidentally nominated for uh, lead. Oh. The wrong paperwork oh, filed yeah, or whatever seriously. on behalf of the production staff of that movie, so they had to fix that. Mm. That was a little oops. Yeah, but, <laughs> a little whoopsie-daisy. And now, talking about a little whoopsie-daisy, at least on the British side of things, uh, I'm talking about Christian Bale. Yes, Because yes. he was nominated for Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture Drama for Ford versus Ferrari. Yes. Then we got Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. We got Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Yes. And then Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, we've got Daniel Craig for Knives Out, Roman Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit, Leo for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You don't even have to say DiCaprio. No. Just Leo. Just they Leo. know who I'm talking about. Exactly. Taryn Edgerton, Rocket Man, and Eddie Murphy making the big comeback with Dolmite is my name. Hell yeah, he is. Uh, best performance by an actor in a supporting role in any motion picture. That's right. <laughs> uh, I like how they got this right for the supporting role because we were worried if Tom Hanks was going to get nominated for best lead actor when he was not the lead in this Exactly. Film. Um, Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Anthony Hopkins for Two Popes. Al Pacino and The Irishman. Joe Pesci in The Irishman. And Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. That's, that's, uh, that's going to be a tough, tough category. One. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I <laughs> want to see the two gangsters go, huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, best screenplay for a motion picture. Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story. Bong Joon-ho and Han Jin-wan for Parasite. Anthony McCartan for The Two Popes. Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Steven Zalion for The Irishman. Mm. Uh, best original score for a motion picture goes to Alexandre 
Uh, Desplant for Little Women. Oh my goodness, I got the hardest category. Um, <laughs> Hildar Ganator for Joker. Uh, Randy Newman for Marriage Story. Thomas Newman for 1917. And Daniel Permbertern for Mother of Brooklyn. <laughs> Well done, well thank done. You, thank you. Uh, best original song for a motion picture: "Beautiful Ghosts" for Cats. "I'm Gonna Love Me Again," Rocket Man, "Into the Unknown," Frozen Two, "Spirit," The Lion mm. King, and "Stand Up," Harriet. Nice. I, yeah. Especially "Spirit," Beyonce, man, killing it. Yeah, yeah. I liked "Stand Up," Harriet too. Yeah. I, th- I thought I just we'll see. That's gonna be a tough one too. Hell yeah! Best motion picture animated goes for Frozen Two. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, Lion King, Missing Link, or Toy Story 4. I'm going to go out on a prediction here and say that Disney's going to win this category yeah, right? one well, way or another. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, Toy Story, Lion King, and Frozen 2, I think you got a good chance. Uh, best motion picture, foreign language, The Farewell. United States. Yes. It's true. I mean, we're foreign at this point. I yeah, mean, let, right. let's just be honest about it. Les Miserables, uh, France, Pain and Glory, Spain, Parasite, South Korea, and Portrait of a Lady on Fire for France. Mm. Uh, best television series in the drama category goes to Big Little Lies, The Crown, which is doing pretty well. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. surprised, honestly, with the new casting. Uh, Killing Eve, The Morning Show, and Succession. Yes. No networks. Again, no networks. Fucking crazy. Uh, Best television series, musical, or comedy. Again, you'll see no major broadcast networks. Barry, Mm -hmm. Fleabag, The Kaminsky Method, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and The Politician. Yes. And finally on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel bandwagon. They've been trying to get me on this forever. Brilliant show, guys. Make sure to watch it. I'm See, just saying. you should now just know from now on. Know. We we had to get you on board with Gilmore Girls. I we know. had to get you on board with Mo- Now you just know, know if it's an Amy Sherman Palladino project, you will like it. I know. Just know from the beginning now, you will like it. I told little Cam, I was like, I'm fine being the next Palladino duo. I, I, if she would be down for it, I'm <laughs> fine with being the next Palladino duo. But, you know. She, oh, my gosh. Like, that would be a scary series. I, I'm just going to say it. I don't know. It's going to be a scary series right there. Entertaining as hell, but, you know. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> best television limited series or a motion picture made for television, Catch-22, Chernobyl, which did huge oh, yeah. at the Emmys, uh, Force slash Verdon, The Loudest Voice, and Unbelievable. Yes, and best performance by an actress in a television series or drama. We have Jennifer Aniston, The Morning Show, Olivia Colman, The Crown, Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, Nicole Kidman for Big Little Lies, and Reese Witherspoon for The Morning Show. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, the best performance by any actress in a television series, musical, or comedy. We got Christina Applegate for Dead to Me, Rachel Bronchon uh, for Marvelous <laughs> Miss Maisel. I know, I'm so bad at it. It's Brosnan. Brosnan. Okay, there you go. Christian uh, Dunsk for um, On Becoming a God in Central Florida. All right. Natasha Loyne for Russian Doll and. Phoebe Waller-Bridge for Fleabag. Yes. Best performance by an actress in a limited series or motion picture made for television. Caitlin Deaver for Unbelievable. Joey King, The Act. Helen Mirren, Catherine the Great. Merritt Wiver, Unbelievable. And Michelle Williams for Fosse Verdon. Yeah. 
Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a series, limited series, or motion picture made for television. Patricia Arquette for The Act. Hella Bowman. Carter for The Crown. Tony Collette for Unbelievable. Meryl Streep for Big Little Lies. And Emily Watson for Chernobyl. Yes, best performance by an actor in a television series drama, Brian Cox, Succession, uh, Kit Harrington, Game of Thrones, Rami Malik, Mr. Robot, Tobias Menzies, The Crown, and Billy Porter, Pose. Mm. Best performance by an actor in a television series, musical and or comedy. We got Michael Douglas, The Kaminsky Method, uh, Bill Hadar for Barry, Ben Platt for The Politician, Paul Rudd for Living With Yourself, and Rami Yusuf for Rami. Yep, there you go. Best performance by an actor in a limited series or motion picture made for TV. Christopher Abbott, Catch-22. Sasha Barra Cohen, The Spy. Russell Crowe, The Loudest Voice. Jared Harris, Chernobyl. Sam Rockwell, Fosse Verdon. Yeah, best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a series, limited series, motion picture made for television. Alan Arkin for The Kaminsky Method, uh, Kieran Culkin for Succession, Andrew Scott for Fleabag, uh, Stellan Skarsgård for Chernobyl, and Henry Winkler for Barry. Yeah. No, and yeah. that is the Golden Globe. That is the Golden Globe <laughs> nominations. So there you have them. Now you know. And of course... They're usually a really good predictor for the Oscars, yeah. so we'll have to keep an eye on that. But like I said, at the top, for Ford versus Ferrari, just one, mm-hmm. Christian Bale. Yeah. Mangold didn't get it for director, like, you know, Bernthal for supporting, I Matt know. Damon Matt didn't Damon even get it. Like, come on, like, what the fuck? I know, super And the kid was one. great in it. Yeah. Well, I mean, just everybody was so good in it. <sighs> we'll mm. keep an eye on that. We'll keep talking about it. That one's frustrating. Not the only one, though, that yeah. announced. Yeah. You know, these two compete a lot with each other. Yeah. Like, whatever you can do, we can do better. Yeah, um, SAG-AFTRA yep. also announced their uh, nominees for their award ceremony. Um, I do like SAG-AFTRA in the sense that they award stuntmen yeah. and ensemble casts. Yeah. So I, I do like SAG-AFTRA for doing that. In some instances, I wish Oscars and Golden Globes would follow suit with that. Agreed. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on that, too. But let's get to these. Let's get to Outstanding Performance. Performance by a cast, here we go, <laughs> in a motion picture. Bombshell, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. Ooh, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Um, outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role. Uh, Shanitha Evro for Harriet. Scarlett Johansson for The Marriage Story. Lupita Nyong'o Nyong'o for us, uh, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. Yes, outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role, Christian Bale, Ford vs. Ferrari, Leo for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Taron Egerton for Rocket Man, and Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Ooh, that's a tough one, mm-hmm. too, man. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, outstanding performance by a female in a supporting role. We got Laura Dern from Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson, Jojo Rabbit, Nicole Kidman for Bombshell, Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers, uh, Margot Robbie for and for Bombshell. Like, why? I know. So one thing I did take note, though, right there off to just a couple of top categories we've read so far, I'm betting Scarlett Johansson gets a SAG after award. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, supporting and lead nominations, so good for her. I'm betting she's going to win at least one of those. Hell yeah. Uh, outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role. Jamie Foxx, Just Mercy. Mm. Can't wait. Gosh, it's going to be so good. I know. Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. 
Al Pacino, the Irishman, Joe Pesci, the Irishman, Brad Pitt, once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, a little, yeah, a little uh, Al Joe battle again in this category. Okay. Yeah, seriously. Uh, outstanding performance by an ensemble in a drama series goes to Big Little Lies, mm-hmm. The Crown, Game of Thrones, The Handmaid's Tale, and Stranger Things. Mm, yeah. Man, outstanding performance by a female actor in a drama series. Jennifer Aniston, The Morning Show. Helena Bonham Carter for The Crown. Olivia Coleman for The Crown. Ooh, little royal battle there. Mm. Jodie Comer for Killing Eve. Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale. You notice in the Golden Globes and the SAG After Awards, no Sandra O oh this year. Yeah, that's super crazy, mm. to be honest with you. I don't know what to think about that. I don't know either. I mean, you know, huge Grace fan, so. <laughs> I'm just saying, just I mean, you Christina can. Christina deserves more. Can you nominate Jody without Sandra? I just feel like no. Oh, no, it's wrong. All right. It's wrong. Outstanding performance by a male in an actor drama in a drama actor. What am I saying? By a male actor by a in, male, a in a drama series. I think that it's fine. It's uh, fine. Uh, Sterling K. Brown for this is up. <laughs> Steve Carell for the morning show. We got Billy uh Curdup for the morning show. Peter Dink. Dinklage for Game of Thrones and David Harborough for Stranger Things. Yes, at least SAG after still recognizing this as us. Yeah, like seriously. you know, because Sterling K. But can it be somebody? I love Sterling K. Yeah. The man is brilliant. He's earned all of his awards. But there are a lot of other brilliant people on yeah. that show also. Justin Hartley deserves Justin it. Justin Hartley. The whole show, I feel like, since Jack's death, since since Justin's character is Jack. Yeah. Going, I feel like it's around Justin Hartley, and he's never been nominated. Like, give the man a fucking statue. That's all I'm saying. Justin Hartley is awesome. All right. Off that rant. Outstanding performance by an ensemble in a comedy series. Ooh, this is going to be a tough one, too. Barry, Fleabag, The Kaminsky Method, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and Schitt's Creek. Ooh, yeah, that is going to be a tough one. I mean, all of those casts are from – I've just – phenomenal i mean that they just mm, I, know. I don't know i love the marvelous mrs mazel but i mean fleabag and barry is, i know uh, i don't know man. i don't know difficult. uh outstanding performance by a female actor in a comedy series we got christina applegate for dead to me alex borstein for the marvelous miss mazel uh rachel from marvelous miss mazel <laughs> <laughs> From now on, Rachel's just going to be Cher. Yeah, exactly. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is so popular, we will now Rachel. refer to Rachel just as Rachel. It's okay. <laughs> Catherine O'Hare for Schitt's Creek and Phoebe Waller-Bridge for Fleabag. She's going to be thrilled to find out. She's a one-namer now. Yeah, it's going to be a brilliant. You have elevated your status. Woo! Outstanding performance by a male actor in a comedy series. We've got Alan Arkin, The Kaminsky Method. Michael Douglas, The Kaminsky Method. Bill Hader. Not the Kaminsky method. Barry, <laughs> Barry. Barry. Andrew Scott, Fleabag, and Tony Shalhoub, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yes, we got outstanding performance by a female and an a female actor in a TV movie or limited series. We got Patricia. Per- per- Patricia, I don't know why I can't speak right now. Patty Arquette. Let's Patty. just go Patty Arquette. Patty. <laughs> Patty Arquette for the act. Uh, Tony Collette for Unbelievable. Joey King for the act. Emily Watson for Chernobyl and Michelle Williams for uh, that one. Yeah, Fosse Verdon. Yeah. You nailed Joey King, though. Joey King was Thanks. like, your yeah, man, Thanks. just rolled off. Like. I'm the new <laughs> Tiffany Haddish, okay? 
<laughs> it worked well for her, bro. Maybe you're hosting the Oscars in a year yeah, or two. You don't know. <laughs> Outstanding performance by a male actor in a TV movie or limited series. Marshala Ali, true detective. Russell Crowe, the loudest voice. Jared Harris, Chernobyl. Harold Jerome, when they see us. And Sam Rockwell for Fosse Verdon. Yeah. Outstanding performance by a stunt ensemble for a motion picture. Uh, Avengers Endgame, Ford mm. vs. Ferrari, The Irishman, Joker, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The Irishman? I know. I mean, there wasn't like what a whole stunts? lot of, you know, that one guy that got shot up in the face. Well done. Right. I mean, I don't know, but... The uh, wood chipper scene. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> mm, I don't know. That's a tough one. Avengers Endgame, I feel like, should get that one, but you don't know. I don't know. I don't Avengers know. Endgame or Ford vs. Ferrari, to yeah. be honest, with all the freaking driving scenes. That's true. So. That's true. Whew. Outstanding performance by a stunt ensemble in a television series. Game of Thrones, Glow, Stranger Things, The Walking Dead, and Watchmen. I'd say Glow. Yeah, right. I mean, have you seen that show? Allison Brie, man, I'm just saying. The stunt people that pull off that stuff on Glow. Woo! Yeah, it's super crazy. To be honest with you. Now, that's the SAG After Award nominations. Did so. you notice what we didn't name any of what? in the SAG After or... The Golden Globes, no women directors. That's true. We made this big push last year about, oh, hey, women, women are finally moving up. And we even talked about it a couple weeks ago on the show about the increase of the amount of women directors and, and films and uh, TV shows being directed by women, yet no nominations. Yeah. Crazy, what the man. fuck is up with that? How do you – oh, let's just plop female directors in there, but we're not going to recognize yeah. them. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. There were a lot of great films directed by women this past year that should be on that list. I agree. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, so agree. Hopefully it'll be better next year because let me tell you, five of the biggest titles set to release next year are going to be released by women. Yeah, and four of them – tentpole superhero films mm-hmm. what yeah, i'm so man. excited about that um what birds of prey yep. by kathy ann mm-hmm. mulan by nikki caro black widow by kate shortland wonder woman by of course patty jenkins and eternals by chloe Zhao. yeah now kudos to disney yeah. They're in a lawsuit right now, by the way, guys, that's being allowed to move forward. We didn't put this in there, but I just want to mention because of paying women far less than men. Mm. They've been trying to get this thing booted out forever, but apparently the judge ruled this week that they're going to allow that to go forward. Yes. But if you didn't just notice, uh, four of those five that we just listed were Disney films. Yeah, so exactly. the, Iger has recognized the problem and he is making an effort. I don't know how it's going to all play out with the whole pay thing, but to his credit, he has recognized the problem yeah. and clearly trying to fix it with four of his major temple films mm. being directed by women. Mm. So Super crazy, man. Super crazy. And I mean, Disney has just become the first studio in history to surpass 10 billion that's with a b at the worldwide box office yeah smash their own record yeah because you know who who better to beat the record than themselves exactly oh they used to hold the record back in 2016 with 7.6 billion dollars but in july after avengers endgame and the lion king the studio hit the new watermark and guys this is over 10 billion dollars before Frozen 2, which is, at, I think, going into this week, $920 million. So it's, it's going to pass there, a billion. Yeah. <laughs> and they still got Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker exactly. to go. They hit this record without those two crossing a billion That's yet. That's wild. 
It's insane. Um, okay, here's even more crazy. When you add in the Fox films, mm-hmm. because remember, they own Fox now, so all those Fox films, ca- it's $11.9 billion at the wow. box office. That's insane. I, I just, I don't even know. They already broke the record for having the most movies at one time in a year, five Cross the billion dollar mark. Uh, Avengers Endgame, Aladdin, Toy Story 4, The Lion King, and Captain Marvel. Like we just said, Frozen 2 is about to pass that, so that'll be six. And in all likelihood, because it's released in 2018, even though it'll play well over into 20, I mean, uh, 2019, and it'll play well over into 2020, Star Wars will count on the 2019 total. Yeah. So they could potentially have, guys, eight billion dollar films in one year damn one year i know man I, that, that oh my gosh that's so insane. much success for him to be honest and i mean their <laughs> streaming service is nothing less i mean disney plus has now had over 22 million global downloads of the mobile app in four weeks period after its initial launch yeah i mean it's that's... only been out since november 12th and yeah. fucking it's so popular yeah i mean like that's just i mean in a month yeah 22 million it's crazy to me um they're averaging 9.5 million daily active users that's 84 84 of that's coming from the u.s because mm-hmm. they haven't even rolled it out fully internationally yet no, um, the netherlands and a few other places Australia. yeah exactly so on a per user basis disney plus has 5.8 percent longer average watching time than netflix and almost eight percent longer average watching time than amazon prime video damn um in the u.s the download of the app has been ranked number one every single day since its launch on both Apple Store and Google Play Store. Wow. So people are just downloading the shit out of it. Yeah. Uh, just, mm. Yeah. Now, it does say, though, that Netflix, Amazon Prime, and HBO basically have been unaffected by this so far, so far. in terms of downloads. Yeah. And they say that's mostly due to the fact that as of right now, there's no overlapping content. Yeah. So people, you know... But also on the on the good side to that, that means since there is no overlapping content and none of those uh, streamers have been affected, that just goes to show that people are willing to have all of the services yeah. to watch all the content. Yeah. So I think the real point is going to be when all these streaming services are actually out, then people are going to make the decision on whether or not they're going to cut one of them because. Just in a day-to-day life, I've talked to some people, and they said Netflix is probably the one they're going to cut first. Well, yeah, and you know why? Because Netflix right now is lucky enough to still have some of the licensed content on there, but it's dropping like crazy. Every every week, something else drops. Yeah. And come November, uh, January 1st, 2020, a shit ton of stuff drops, including <laughs> Friends. Um, yeah, I think that's when we're going to see how well Netflix yeah. is, is ready to survive After this Friends. onslaught. After Friends leaves and after all of the Disney products are off of there, we're going to see just how prepared Netflix is. I don't know. HBO Max coming out in May, guys. That's where Friends is going to be, so be prepared. (laughs) I'm just saying I'll give give my login to anybody who needs 
It's all about the support, man. Uh, <laughs> you're excited about this next one. I'm going to let you do this next one because you're I'm like not. excited and I'm distraught. Very angry. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. Very angry. Um, Home Alone, had, you know, the reboot that everybody's been talking about for Disney+. Plus. Apparently has found its cast. Uh, 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 Archie <laughs> Yates, Ellie Kemper, and uh, Rob Delaney will star in the Disney Plus Home Alone reboot. Now sources say that uh, Kemper is still in negotiation and the deal has not closed yet for being the mom, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Mazur is on board to direct the film, and this is the guy that... Um, Basically, was a producer on uh, what's his face, Sasha Baron Cohen's films like Borat, uh, The Dictator, and all that shit. He directed Bad Grandpa. Mm. Uh, I don't see this being good, guys. I don't see it being good. There's only one Macaulay Culkin movie, or well, two of them. But you know, uh, it's just bleh. And I mean, we also got a script from uh, Mikey Day and Streeter Sadell. Uh, sources say that Yates will not be playing the iconic Kevin McAllister, but he will be a new character yeah, in a yeah. similar premise for the original. So series. that's uh, it's not even Kevin. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, but I mean that I believe that's how it was for the third and fourth one as well. Yeah. So I just. <sighs> yeah, because those went over so well. Exactly. I don't I'm know. Just, I'm not excited, guys. I'm not excited. I think this might be the first. Uh, disney plus bath i don't know if a lot of people will like this but maybe i mean i'm gonna go see jojo rabbit just to see how archie acts and he looks funny in the trailers yeah and i mean depending on that will be whether or not if i'll watch it so it it's gonna be tough it is gonna gonna be be tough. tough now this next one some good news and some bad news we talked about this you guys know if you listen to the show kevin feige now completely in charge at marvel uh the marvel creative director is his title which basically means he's in charge of everything the movies the tv shows even the comic books guys he's in full creative control of everything at marvel We also talked about how Jeff Loeb, the head of uh, Marvel Television, was going to resign and head out the door. That's expected to happen before the end of the year or right at the beginning of 2020. What does that mean? Basically, Marvel Television is going to be phased out, guys. Mm. They're starting to phase it out altogether. Mm. It's going to fall under Marvel Studios now. And that, unfortunately, means a significant portion of the staff is being laid off at Marvel Television. Mm. Um, That's the bad news. The good news is is that the projects that are currently in production will continue, but any further development is being scrapped. So, um, Marvel TV Senior Vice President of Current Programming and Production, Kareem Zriek, he and his team will join Marvel Studios to oversee the remaining Marvel TV shows already on the books and on the go. That includes all of the animated series that were announced, the live-action Hellstorm for Hulu, and ABC's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It also includes, they don't put in there, but uh, Runaways, the final season of Runaways too, which is going to have the Cloak and Dagger crossover. Yeah. So, But then that one's canceled. Anything else that had been previously announced is 
scrapped or under review on a case-by-case basis like mm-hmm. we talked about. So Feige will make all of the decisions. And anybody that was hoping that we would see a reincarnation of the Netflix shows, not going to happen, especially since Feige said when he announced his new shows, She-Hulk and all that, this would be the first time that it would be a direct interaction with the MCU movie universe. Yeah. That's implying that the other shows were not, yeah. even though they said they were. Um, apparently Feige does not think they were canon. That's bad news because yeah. a lot of people liked the Netflix versions of the shows. If there is one little shining like glimmer of light there, Feige did say that as far as Daredevil went and Punisher and Jessica Jones, he liked the interpretations mm-hmm. of the characters played by those actors. So maybe we see them reprise those characters under a different format. You know, I don't know. I, so. I, I don't know why he would say that he liked their their portrayals of the characters if he didn't have plans maybe to bring them. Right. So we're just going to have to keep an eye on this. But guys, Marvel Television, gone. Gone. Oh, man. And I mean, going over, over to the other side of things, the other top studio that's trying to compete with Disney, at least at the Blockbuster uh, box office, uh, Warner Media. That's right, guys. Warner Brothers has set a new slew of release dates for movies next year and beyond. Um, Among 12 titles announced were The Matrix 4, uh, May 21, uh, May 21st of 2021, The Flash for July 1st of 2022, Birds of Prey for February 7th for 2020, Wonder Woman 1984 for June 5th of 2020, The Batman, you know, that Robert Pattinson one, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. for... June 5th of 2021, Suicide Squad for August of 2021, Black Adam for December 22nd of 2021, and Aquaman 2 for December 16th of 2022. Yes. And unfortunately, they also announced that Taika Waititi, you know, director of Thor Ragnarok um, and Jojo Rabbit, uh, his uh, cult manga Akira live action feature film has been taken off the release schedule. Weird, man. So I don't know. They didn't go into much detail for that, but we'll keep an eye on that and find out. The one thing that struck out at me, though, because you say competing with Disney and trying to keep up. You think? Yeah. Because Disney recently announced their whole Phase 4 slew of Marvel films, right? Because that's what's killing. I noticed that 7 out of the 12 films that they announced were superhero movies. Yeah, exactly. I mean, (laughs) did you guys hear the list? Aquaman, Suicide Squad, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash. I mean, they were loading up. So they are clearly trying to catch Marvel and Disney with superhero films. Yeah, and I mean, the real question is, which Keanu do you want to see the weekend <laughs> of true. May 21st, 2021? Because literally the same day John Wick 4 comes out as Matrix 4. Yeah. So yeah. weird. I mean, two studios both competing with a, a Keanu Reeves film. Yeah. That's into I, mm. It's going to be a big weekend for him. <laughs> it is going to be a big weekend for him. I think maybe he comes in number one, number two. Yeah, right. John Wick is popular, but I think maybe Matrix 4 pulls in a bigger audience only because people are curious to see what the fuck they're doing after yeah. Matrix 3. Yeah, I mean, the only... I might be flip-flopped, in my opinion, just because Matrix... It's been so long for the Matrix, and like a younger audience probably hasn't even seen any of those films. That's true. So, I mean, you know... they're huge into the John Wick films right now, so it that one is definitely... Definitely going to be interesting to see Q, what happens that weekend. QHBO Max, where yeah, they will exactly. now put all of the Matrix movies on to get you caught up. Exactly. I mean, like I'm, I'm guess 
guessing that. I mean, it'd be a stupid move if not. Um, I don't know. Interesting little tidbit, too, that I just saw. Bob Iger said interested in the James Bond movie library. Oh, really? Said he would be willing to buy Bond. Yeah. That's interesting. That just tidbit flew out there that I saw the other day. I'm like, really? That would be huge, man. That's so many freaking franchises under one band. I know. Like, like he, and he didn't say the whole MGM library, just James Bond. Yeah. But, I mean, that would be very interesting. And before we jump into Netflix, because they're Easy. desperately trying to kill Disney. You know, they're, yeah, trying. they're trying. But I, I saw Google release their stuff, and this is a uh, – first of all, Time Magazine, you know, they do their People of the Year or whatever. Bob Iger, 2019's Businessman of the Year. No surprise. Of course. Okay. Google releases their most searched stuff. This is not a surprise either. The most searched for movie of 2019, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. The most searched for trending topic of 2019, and this is crazy because it only came out in November, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. And number one baby name searched in 2019 – Baby Yoda. That's fucking so weird. if you were looking at anything on the internet in 2019, it was Disney. Yeah. I'm just saying, and naturally, could be why Netflix has been trying to cherry pick Disney and Fox employees and steal them away. That's true. But a court has told them you can't do it. You bastard. A court has issued an injunction barring Netflix from poaching any more employees from Fox and confirming the validity of a fixed-term employment agreement. The ruling marks the hard-fought victory for Fox, which has been battling over this for a couple of years now, um, which set out three years ago to stop Netflix from raiding its employees. Um, The whole thing behind it is Netflix was basically trying to invalidate Fox's in-term, long-term contracts where they said if the people do leave, they can't go to a uh, competitor, blah, 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 arguing that they locked employees into jobs that they no longer wanted. Um, Well... Netflix cherry-picked two Fox executives, Marcos Waltenberg and Tara Flynn, back in 2015, doubling each of their salaries to get them out of Fox. Both employees, however, were still under two-year contracts, which had not expired yet, and which specifically stated that they could not make a move to a competitor. The contracts barred each of them from doing so. The courts ruled in favor of that contract. And so now, who knows what's going to happen as far as those two employees go, But one thing we do know, Netflix can't take any more employees from Fox slash Disney. So we're going to keep an eye on that one because that's important because, I mean, what it seems like every week in industry news, we report about one person jumping from one to the other. So and now, I mean, Viacom, CBS, I'm sure they're looking for people, you know, and like where are all these people being laid off from Marvel Television going to go? So, I mean, it's definitely that court case is going to be. (laughs) They're going to the CW. (laughs) Exactly. We're going to keep an eye on it, man. We're going to keep an eye on it. Hell yeah. I mean. You know, I think Netflix, they just need a Beatle. <laughs> we all need a Beatle, right? I mean, all you need is love. Exactly, okay. exactly. A film adaptation of Paul McCartney's children's novel, High in the Clouds. What the fuck? That's a children's novel? Um, sure. Is headed to Netflix. A release date has yet to be announced, but High in the Cloud tells the story of a teenage squirrel named Whirl. What it was, sure, yeah, sure. Who finds himself pulled into a ramsackle gang of teenage rebels who live in high in the clouds after accidentally uh, antagonizing Grouch the Owl. Mm. Sure. A tyrannical leader who's also a fabulous singer. I'm not even making that up. That's exactly <laughs> how they describe it. What? Um, 
I feel like maybe Paul was high in the clouds when he wrote this right, book. Like I'm just said. saying. I'm not. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. <laughs> McCartney will co-produce the film and apparently provide original songs and music for the film. One I'm hearing rumored to uh, feature Lady Gaga. Oh. So that'll be interesting. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Kudos, though. Netflix making the move huge uh, into original content because yeah. they have to. Yeah, they have to. <laughs> but you, like you said, you know, it's a Beatle and it's Paul mccartney so it's gonna be good i think yeah seriously seriously and this next one amazon studios is really getting tight-knit with uh the jonas brothers yeah i mean the whole family honestly because we know about that documentary that was released last year um yep yep. amazon studios has given a green light to a new unscripted series for prime video executive produced by uh Pramika Chapora Jonas um <laughs> Nicholas or Nick Jonas's wife I believe yes uh, yes inspired by an Indian pre-wedding tradition of the Sangeet yes uh for anybody that doesn't know that ceremony takes place the night before the wedding ceremony bringing together the families of the betrothed for a performance filled evening of song and dance and nick and chiapra actually did this before their own wedding ceremony as you guys know priyanka is of indian descent uh no casting yet though for the untitled series uh it's supposed to start taking place in 2020 Mm -hmm. um and chopra and nick will appear in the series though so i guess they're just gonna crash these people's ceremonies or whatever we did this (laughs) like um sure this is our show like okay why not (laughs) oh my gosh okay for anybody who doesn't know we are huge Survivor fans. We're yeah. like junkies. We yeah, watch, seriously. you know, we're like... Jeff Probst, come uh, on Jeff, the show. That's right. <laughs> Jeff Probst is the man. I just want one of his, uh, just like, one. shirts. His just tribal one. council shirts, man. You've got, like, 5,000 of them, Don't okay? Lie. Don't lie. Um, seriously, though, the, the, the mind fuck that goes on during Survivor and these people and just, like, watching this social showdown, you know, yeah. is just insane. But... They're making history for something that's not so good right now. Um, we talked about this the a uh, couple of weeks ago about one of their um, contestants, Dan Spilo, who's like a huge entertainment uh, agent mm-hmm. uh, in Hollywood. You know, he was being accused of some inappropriate behavior with one of the other contestants, female contestants. Well, apparently, it's gotten worse. Mm. Um, for the first time in the history of CBS's Survivor, uh, a contestant has been removed from gameplay kicked off booted out gone Adi motherfucking oaks. yes we're talking about dan spilo of course um citing survivor production sources the incident in question is not when he was messing with the fellow contestant this one apparently involved a member of the show's production team it happened after an immunity challenge as a contestant was getting on the boat to transport them back to camp mm. um it's believed to involve a physical contact um, and like we said, Spilo had been accused earlier in the competition by fellow contestant Kelly Kim of unwanted touching. Um, when asked for comment, both CBS and host Jeff Probst declined to address the incident out of respect for privacy and confidentiality. Spilo also declined to comment. First of all, I just want to say, and I'm just going to try to make light of this because this is a horrible situation, but I'm just going to try to make a little joke out of this. It's like, what the fuck with the boat? Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to be walking back to camp. They show you walking on the beach back to camp. What the fuck do you mean you get on a boat to go back to camp? What do you mean a now, boat? Now we know that walk with the torches is bullshit they get on a boat what the fuck 
Anyway, this guy, by the way, guys, and we're not going to name his clients because, you know, they do have a a right to privacy. But he's got some pretty huge named clients. And uh, this guy is clearly a douchebag. Good. I'm glad he got booted off the island. Um, It should be like that. And I think, you know, both the production assistant and Kelly Kim – Maybe file. Yeah. Go for it. Seriously. Don't don't let him get away with that shit. It no. ain't right. Mm. It ain't right. Agreed, man. NBC Universal. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of we're gonna go back because we have a couple other Me Too stories like that, but but we're gonna bounce around. We're gonna just go. NBC Universal, they're not wanting to be left out of the big streaming wars. Mm. As you guys know, yeah. they are coming out with the worst named ever. new streaming service ever. ever. Peacock. Peacock. Whew. Comcast CFO, which, by the way, if you don't know, Comcast owns NBC Universal. Mike Cavanaugh has stated that their upcoming streaming service, Peacock, will be profitable within five years. And this is the thing. They're going to plan on spending $2 billion with a B, as JLo says, in content and marketing investment in the first two years. And what's the old adage? you got to spend money to make money, right? Yeah, so he wants yeah. to be profitable within five years, so they're going to spend a shit ton of money to make that happen. Um, he confirmed, th- this is interesting, that the ad-supported platform, what? We don't want ads on our streaming service, bro. It will be free if you're already a Comcast cable subscriber, you're going to get Peacock for free. Mm. It's going to be free to Comcast customers and then have a structured pricing tier, various pricing tiers for new subscribers that aren't Comcast customers. Well, that's interesting because previously they said it was always going to be free. Like it was just going to be ad supported, but it was going to be free. Yeah. So what the fuck? Yeah. I'm guessing the free will be the ad supported and maybe the pricing tier structure will be if you pay the highest price, you don't have to sit through the fucking ads. The question is, is if you're a Comcast cable subscriber and you're getting it free, do you still have to sit through the fucking ads? Exactly. I feel like if you're paying for Comcast cable, you're paying so you shouldn't get the fucking ads. Exactly. In my opinion, I'm not going to be turning on the cock. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, nor will I. Um, no matter how many pretty colors it has. Uh, no. Uh, uh, the, cock no. Is, the cock is scheduled to drop no. on January. 16th. Is that it? Maybe we threw in NBC Universal's cock story in between all the Me Too stuff, you know, because it fit. I don't. Yeah, we don't know. I mean, it's we Me Tooing its customers. It, it so is Me Too. Happening. It is. It's true. Back to the Me Too movement and douchebags and scumbags. Uh, Britt McHenry, who currently hosts a show on Fox Nation for Fox News, um, has sued Fox News saying that the network has failed to respond to four sexual harassment complaints that she made against her former co-host, George Mm. Murdoch. Yes, that George Murdoch, former wrestler George Murdoch. He's hosting a show on Fox, whatever. Um, she then claims that the Fox, Fox News not only ignored all the claims, but retaliated against her for going public by giving him his own show and basically canceling her show. What the hell? Um, How does that make sense? Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, she said in her court documents that she had suffered humiliation, emotional anguish, derailment of her career, and a significant loss of economic opportunities as a result of the way she's been treated by the network. Now, guys, this comes on top of all the other stuff. We just heard, you know, through all the Golden Globe and um, SAGA after award nominations, the loudest voice, the loudest voice. That's the TV version of, you know, the Fox News scandal. Right. And then you also heard all the nominations for Bombshell, which is the feature film 
own version of the Fox News scandal with Greta, uh, Gretchen Carlson and, you know, Megan Fox and, and, um, Megan Fox. I mean, Megan, um, <laughs> Margot Robbie. No, 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 no. Megan, uh, whatever. Megan Kelly from Fox <laughs> News. Well, Megan Fox had a Me Too stuff too. I am just, yeah, now I'm fumbling like you were. <laughs> okay. Um, Megan Kelly, Megan Kelly. Um, regardless, Fox News, this is like, behavior yeah you know and it apparently even after all the scandal and the death of you know their leader and and like all the kind of stuff it's still going on mm. like what the fuck Seriously. Dude, guys did, can, did you not learn like right. it's still going on guys so what the fuck up. get that shit man bill cosby yeah, same with this douchebag yeah he literally is still trying to get out of jail guys apparently he's not like in the pudding pops um uh, <laughs> you know he get a little pudding pop when he doesn't want it um <laughs> pennsylvania court denied his appeal on his sex of assault conviction uh that happened this past week uh leaving in place his three to ten year prison sentence if you guys remember he was convicted back in 2018 mm -hmm. of sexually assaulting andrea constat um one of the things that he tried to say in this appeal is that the court should have never allowed all of the other victims to be able to testify yeah. because the statute of limitations had ran out. The appeals court didn't buy that. He said it was a pattern. You got you knew what you were doing. It was it was you know. So they denied it all. Bill's only uh, recourse now is he can take this to the state supreme court. Mm -hmm. You know he failed in the appellate courts, so now he can take it to the state supreme court. And if that fails, he can take it to the U.S. Supreme Court, which I just don't see happening. Nor do I. Um, I, you know, so Bill, you're in there, buddy. Yeah, you're exactly. in there. And he literally in his appeals case was trying to say that it was an intentional smear campaign of America's dad. What the fuck? Dude, you admitted to yeah, it. you raped women, bro. That is not America's dad, okay? You just you admitted to it, like J Lo said. But it's still fucked up because the Cosby Show is still being aired on television. So just saying, I, it is. Up. It is. It just. I don't even know. I don't even know. Speaking of, you know, insane douchebags, Harvey Weinstein back in the news again. Yep. Um, apparently, he had been tampering with his uh, ankle bracelet. Yeah, A judge this past week increased Harvey Weinstein's bail at the request of prosecutors to $5 million following repeated violations of his ankle monitor. Um, the judge, James Burke, agreed to the prosecution's request to hike his bail, which was $1 million. Um, the prosecutors alleged that Weinstein was panicking and had deliberately caused the ankle monitor to malfunction in order to evade detection. She said that there were 57 violations of the ankle monitor within a two-month span. Damn. 57. Put this man in jail. <laughs> like... He's trying to claim that the emotional overreactions, which I guess the ankle monitor does register, like if you're having, is health-related. He showed up to court in like with this last week in a cane, this week in a walker. Mm. He looks rough. I'm not going to lie karma's a bitch harvey um the judge was having no part of that apparently he's going to have back surgery this coming week and it won't delay him from being able to start the trial in january he said he's going to be there that's not an issue blah blah the judge was having none of it she said sir in fact i don't give a shit about your health stuff and if you have more health problems after the back surgery i'm likely to revoke your bail altogether right, like so she just no part of it this judge was having no part of it good um that's not it though not only no. is this douchebag trying to, like, you know, violate the ankle bracelet and, and evade. So, apparently, he has worked out a $25 million settlement 
with some of the accusers in the civil case. We yeah. should say this is not the criminal case. It's the civil case. Weinstein and the board of his bankrupt film studio have reached a tentative global settlement with dozens of the women who have accused him. Um, Weinstein, his associates and directors and officers have negotiated the settlement of almost all the civil cases. Smartly, some of these women are having no part of it. They don't want the money. Um, Nearly $47 million of it, which about $25 million of that is going to compensate the women. Yeah. The rest is going to – for like donated to causes and you know stuff dealing with it or wonder. Here's the crazy thing and why everybody's fucking pissed off about it. Under the terms of the proposed deal, which by the way has to be approved by judges and hopefully these judges are just don't do it. But if they do approve it, Weinstein doesn't even have to admit that he did anything wrong and he's not the one that has to pay out the $25 million. The insurance company for the old Weinstein company is the one on the hook for it. Mm. $6.2 million would go to the 18 women who have sued him and then the other $18.5 million would be set aside as a settlement fund for any more people that might bring a class action lawsuit against him. So the insurance company, Weinstein doesn't get hurt financially personally and he doesn't have to admit he did anything wrong why the the fuck fuck? is he evading all of this shit he should be in prison sitting next to bill exactly that's where he should be selling or sharing a cell like what the fuck i I just i mean i hope this judge throws out that fucking proposal and doesn't even approve it like fuck that man Uh, it's so furious so infuriating i don't i don't even know what to say about that Mm -mm. i mean come on Come on, the law. Come on, the judicial system. <laughs> come on. All of it. This dude Man. is a bad individual. Put Spilo in there with them? Just exactly. like, uh, you know, let the three of them sit there and wonder, like, what the fuck? Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> well, anyway, it's time for our guest segment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who's not a scumbag? No, Actually, she, a really great, awesome, inspiring person. She is amazing. Chaya Nene coming on the show today to talk about her career in journalism, acting, and everything possible because she kind of does it all. Yeah, writes, produces. Uh, she wants to get into directing, which you'll hear about in the interview. Mm-hmm. She she helps. She coaches actors. She does self tapes for. I mean, she's all around. What you're really gonna love is her aggressive and how she literally like Hell yeah. burst herself into the industry great interview can't wait for y'all to hear it here she is hi hey chaya welcome inside the crazy ant form thank you thanks for having me <laughs> yeah you bet we've been excited about this one been trying to get you on for a while so yeah i know i'm very very excited for this i have to like calm down a little bit before. <laughs> <laughs> <That's all exciting. laughs> well that's good to know i mean i'm excited so we're really excited the, the one thing we're really happy about is because we have a lot of people that listen to the show that are trying to get into the industry and a lot of up-and-comers and i think you're going to be a great guest for that because anybody who follows you on social media knows you know you're very inspiring and and your trek to get into the industry and the way you've gone about your career i think is really inspiring for people to try to get into the career um so let's talk about that a little bit how did you get started because uh we know you started in journalism right so how did journalism kind of parlay into the entertainment industry was acting something you always wanted to do yeah so i i knew at 13 years old that i was going to be into acting somehow sometime i just knew and i was in new york at the time on a modeling trip with my mom and i just it just clicked it was one of the things i was like it's gonna be something i do but you know life happens and you you take the routes that you do, and my parents would not let me get a theater degree, which actually I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, now, at the time, <laughs> I was like, this is terrible! But, um, yeah, so they were like, no, you have to do something else. So I went to school um, for journalism, and I majored in that and reporting, and that was also something that 
I had been doing since I was eight and I did and I loved it I loved covering stories I love human interest things and so I did start in journalism um, and my parents were more than happy for me to get my master's so the day I got my master's I was like great so I got the degree (laughs) (laughs) and um, I'm staying and I'm doing both and um, it's been something where I've heard a lot of you have to pick one or the other but I don't think that's true this is a total town of my finance and I actually think my journalism has informed the acting quite a bit because you talk to real people you Mm -hmm. listen to their stories you get to really sink your teeth into that and that's what we do in a role so I started by doing extra work because I'd literally never seen a set and I had no idea what even anything was like assistant director what do they do and I think that that was really helpful for me Um, but I didn't take set like just doing extra work I found every AD and I befriended them and I gave business cards out because I wanted to try and move up faster and it ended up working out and that's how I got into it that's fantastic. Yeah, I like the fact though that that you said that you can do both and that mm-hmm. you used one with the other to, to kind of help along. Because I noticed too that you covered a lot of entertainment events, uh, you know, red carpet events and stuff when you were doing journalism as well. Which and I mean, I feel like this industry it really is all about meeting people and talking to people and who you know. Um, and and it's got to be helpful when you're in journalism and, and doing those type of things too. I guess, get to know people on a, on a much better or faster track, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think that that's part of being a journalist and being like tenacious is figuring it out. So I covered the SAG Awards and I didn't have a pass. I literally just showed up to the red carpet with my teeny tiny camcorder <laughs> and um, I found the, the owner and I just was like, listen, I'm here and I'm in grad school and I showed up. And she was like, great, you could be at the end of the carpet with CNN. So that's literally how I got into events. Like, I literally would just show up with a camera and interview people. Wait, so no, so no press pass or anything? You right. just show up with no. the camera? <laughs> no, that's how I did it. And I literally would get on there like, okay, she should have a pass after I was there. And they were like, who? Like, who, who keeps showing up? And, and I think what really helped that I really started covering with my journalism is that I realized that issues that matter to me, like homelessness mm-hmm. and... Um, situations like that is that people care when a celebrity is attached so Mm -hmm. i would crash all the celebrity events and interview them about their foundations and their work actually to combat the issues i cared about and so i could combine entertainment with journalism in a different way and that that's what i really enjoyed doing because people started paying attention then oh i love that i mean talk about ambitious seriously (laughs) like just no i'm gonna get there i'm gonna be here and i'm gonna talk about what's important especially what's important right now like you said with the homelessness in la we've seen it like countless times it's crazy down there yeah no and it is and it's something that we can turn our attention to and if we use our advocacy in notoriety as celebs to do positive things i think that's something special and a special power that is something i think we could all use and to make the world a better place so that was kind of cool to to get to use that skill set and the fearlessness i think of having to just show up is something that helps in every industry not just entertainment yeah, no, so. totally agree. But I mean, I got to tell you, though, in this industry where you're, I mean, hit with so many no's and rejection all the time <laughs> to have that type of an attitude where you're just going to keep going. Exactly. And, and yeah, as you said, you know, doorbuster, you know, just get, make your way in there. That's get so the right attitude to have in an industry, like I said, where you're just met every day with no. So I, I just I love that. I'm just like, no, I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to do this. Exactly. Like, I'm going to make it happen for myself. <laughs> 
myself no matter what. <laughs> that's fantastic. I, I just see that's inspiring. That's the kind of stuff I was talking about, you know, because you got to have that attitude. I mean, let's talk about that a little bit too, because there is a lot of rejection in this industry, and y- you always seem to be upbeat. You always seem to be positive. How do you deal with the rejection? Because you know, we've had so many guests on the show that tell us it's ninety percent audition and ten percent work, and you can go long stretches without getting anything. How do you keep your morale up and and, and you know the the drive to keep going when that happens so i mean i won't lie there are times that obviously i had sobbed over auditions when i first started auditioning mm-hmm. i really i mean i didn't understand the industry so i thought it was like something i could have done better like and, and and a lot of times it is there is stuff that we learn especially when you're new you learn to navigate the route and it used to really be crushing but i think part of it is to feel that feeling and mm-hmm. i have new rules now for 10 minutes i can be down in the dumps and just be like oh my god what's going on um but then after that you let it go because on the other side of things now having a little bit more experience and mm-hmm. being a reader for different casting offices i have seen the most mind-blowing performances happen but that person didn't get the role because it was something about a chemistry with another main lead. Right. You know that it wasn't a talent thing. And you're like, okay, so that's probably what happened. If you're getting love notes from casting, even if you know you walked in and you dropped the mic, I think it's something that I've learned to be like, I know I did my best. Mm-hmm. And this industry is not is not A plus B equals C. And that's something exactly. that I think is something we all have to like keep in mind when we're going after. Just because you prepared and you did the work and you're amazing and you would be a solid choice doesn't mean it's yours. And um, I think that's something that even when I'm writing messages, usually on my social media, it's also a reminder to me to keep reminding myself that this is it. And, and for me, this is it. Like, I know that I will be in this industry. I know it's right for me. And this is what I want to do. And that feeling, I think, is what kind of keeps me grounded through the nose um, and through knowing that, OK, maybe it didn't happen now, um, but it will happen. And it's a matter of time and opportunity and placement and I really do think there's room for everybody. It just shows up in different ways than we expect. Exactly, exactly. Because, I mean, going back to the audition phase a little bit, I mean, sometimes you can just kill it, but the right position, it's just not what they were looking for. It's not what the casting director was looking for. But, I mean, just to keep going and to keep having that morale, that confidence, just to keep going to another audition, maybe you see the same casting director again, and he loves you from the last one, so he books you for this next project. So, yeah, it's right. You literally never know. Like, there's been there's an office that I've been in for nine times. Like, Ooh, and I must be doing something right. I'm like, please, God. Like, <laughs> what else is there that I have to do? But, you know, and that's there where you're just like, I don't know what it is. But I think it's funny because being on set, there's literally this such a high that you can't describe. Yes, so yeah, exactly. It feels so right that you're like, oh, my God. This feeling above anything else, like... I mean, it just feels so good. You can just rebel in it forever. It just feels right. Yeah, and and it's it's worth it. All the all the rejection for the one yes, and exactly. you get on set, and that high is so worth it. You're so right. I love how you describe that. And the audition thing makes me think of another guest that we had on, Jason Warner Smith from The Walking Dead. Much like that, he auditioned like 15, 16 times to get on The Walking Dead. Keep, they kept yeah. getting told no, but it wasn't because they didn't like him. It was they actually from the very first audition put his file in the drawer and were looking for a very specific role for him because they liked him so much. And he had no clue. Yeah. He just thought he was you know up oh, didn't get this one didn't get this one. And it was actually just the opposite. They liked him so much they were waiting for a specific role for him. So it, it, you like you said it's just something that's not in your control. You don't know. You go in. You do your best and you move on. I mean. 
mean, that's great advice, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that'll carry you, and that'll also keep you from going nuts. Because, yeah, it is hard to be physically rejected on your look, your type, your mm. whatever. Like, that is really hard. And then if your talent one day is not up to par and you're an amazing actor and you just have a bad day, we all have bad days. And that one is that one's harder to swallow because you're like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. But even then, you give yourself a break because nobody is perfect 100% of the time. It just does, doesn't work like that. Exactly, exactly. Now I want to talk a little bit more about your writing. Would you ever uh, think about writing a TV series or a film? So yes, um, (laughs) I am currently working on two pieces and it has been something where it's the right role and it's stories that I have not seen yet on TV. And every time I've told somebody about the experience, Mm -hmm. I'm always saying you should write a book, you should write it. Right. And I think the scary part for me right now is if I write it, what do I do? Because mm-hmm. I'm not a filmmaker, but right. how do I figure it out? And I tell myself, you know what? Write it, the people will come. That's how things have happened in my life. I do it, and then the people show up to help me get where I need to go. So I am currently writing, and I think writing stories that we don't see that relate to everybody, mm-hmm. regardless of your ethnicity, is something that's powerful. And it Definitely. also gives me the freedom to do whatever I want. You know, because I write my own comedy sketches, and I did it because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because I thought I was funny, Mm -hmm. you know? And and I just was like, okay, well, this is just for me. But it it resonated with more people, and I was super surprised that that's how it goes. I hope that the things that I'm writing, you will resonate with other people. But I do try and work on it every week, at least, to get something done and move forward with it. I love that. Yeah, I love that, too. And it's much like, uh, I guess... uh, in correlation, making the move to L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the quote I always go back to that I love is, leap and the net will appear. Same thing with the yeah. writing. Like you said, I'm going to write this, and then I know it'll come together because the people will come around to get it done. I love that philosophy because if you never take the leap, how do you, how do you possibly know? You know, I mean, it's never going to happen if you don't take the leap. That's right. I mean, I think, and that's the, the biggest thing showing up is, like, I realize also in this industry is it doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I think when you do other other fields, you, like, a doctor doesn't show up and it's like, oh, surgery wasn't perfect. That's great. Yeah. Like, no, you need to be, like, on your game. But in this industry, it's an ever-evolving industry. So maybe your content didn't have the most perfect lighting. Who the hell cares? As exactly. long as you're doing it and getting it out there, there's content that's, quote unquote mediocre in terms of light and audio but it the the actual content itself is so good that people are willing to overlook those things knowing that you're learning and at least you're creating and that has created what i see as like the youtube generation of content Mm -hmm. because people have evolved and over the years you get better you have better equipment and i think just really just starting out and putting it out there if nothing else it becomes a conversation piece yeah, exactly. And that I find really cool. Exactly. Especially once you get on set, if you feel like something that was in the script just doesn't feel right, like the director is normally really cool about trying to tweak it a little bit to make sure the audience feels what they're trying to convey in the script. So yeah, exactly. It could be mediocre in the writing phase, but once you get on set, you could try to tweak it to make it feel right. That's right. And you just keep you just keep going with it. And you see people and there's so many grants and scholarships and fellowships mm-hmm. and foundations available that money is something although daunting it is there we just haven't tapped into it yet exactly so that's good advice too because i think that uh, that funding scares a lot of people away yeah. i think yeah <laughs> i mean because like you why said, wouldn't it yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it? you're thinking you would spend a couple thousand of your money you're like listen i'm trying to pay rent and live in la like you mm-hmm. know that's a very daunting thing but 
I've seen so many people get creative about their grants, even including one line as a medical line, and then all of a sudden you can get a medical grant for it. Like, if you're smart about the way you go about it, I think that's something that could really help people. Absolutely. Well, well, and 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 to be like you, because you at the top of the interview you said it. You know, you would reach out and find all the ads and the different. I feel like you, if you ever get to the point where you feel like you've learned enough, you're probably done because you can't yeah. stop learning, and you, that means you have to take initiative. Go find the director. Go find the ad. Go find the ac and learn as much as you possibly can yeah. because you can never have too much knowledge. And I, I feel like a lot of times people get out there and they think, well, I've done this or I've done that, and now I know everything, and that's it. I mean, you're pretty much done if you think that no and it's totally true and it's funny because in high school i used to work with the kennedy center um, in dc and they had people that would come by um, and i worked with the team that would film the performances on the national stage Mm -hmm. and what i learned was i did lighting i was up in the rafters i was up in that ceiling changing lighting i learned camera work and i think that was a huge asset because i could shoot my own stuff and edit from that stage but i wouldn't have known that if i didn't sign up to go learn these things so i think everything we learn too is a it's an asset to us we just don't realize that we have everything we need within us we just don't know how to utilize it until it's needed okay so so you're you're bringing all this stuff together i i guess the next obvious question is you you can write you can shoot you can edit you act so you know behind the camera and in front of the camera do you want to direct is there ever a point where you think that you would direct yourself in in a project i you know i do want to do it i like being on all sides of it. I definitely want to direct and I'm actually, I'm very proud because my brother is going to be the first director in our family. He's going to college for that. So I will have another director's perspective (laughs) if I do need to lean in on that. And my other brother's a lawyer. So like we're all set. Um, It's a little family team of things we want to do. And I'm proud of both of them. But I do think directing would be something that I want to do. Um, And it's another tool that I would love to to flex my hand at. And I think in this that we, you know, we get to learn and be a part of. And I was thinking, you know, the other day with skill sets, I um, any skill set that you have or you want to try also becomes an asset in this industry. Mm-hmm. So if it's something you're interested in, you just start doing it. For me, it was yoga. And now that's been something I use to, to submit for auditions. It's like, you never know those kind of things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Exactly. Well, wrestling. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, did your wrestling background play into the aggressiveness of I'm just going to show up and win this? I'm just going to do it. I mean, I feel I feel like that had to have a little bit to do with it, right? I mean, yeah, it was also one of those things where when I started wrestling, um, the coach was like, are you sure this is what you want? I'm like, yeah. And I really wasn't sure what it was that was happening at the gym. And I um, I came anyway, and I started showing up again, and I was the only girl. And and I think that was a good lesson for me in patience because I got my butt kicked every day. Mm-hmm. Like it was so rough, <laughs> getting <laughs> sat on and locked in rooms, and like it was it was hard. But what was cool was that it, like I think one of my last matches, if not the last match, you know, I won, and I won in nine seconds. And that that oh, excitement dear. of knowing that if you work towards something, a goal will come. That's been pretty cool, and that wrestling has translated into auditions. I booked a commercial because of my wrestling experience and they shot that and that was super fun and uh uh, like it's something that i think has been also another special skill asset that has worked into it and the idea of doing stuff that i like the idea that people when you're underestimated you can go and do it and you can even do it better than you thought you could yes i think that's something that we should all like 
figure out what are people underestimating you on and why is that? Is that because you're scared? Is it because it's a stereotype? Like, what is it? And then show the world there's room for all of us to do really cool things and yourself, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it goes back to you never want to stop learning because you don't know what skill is going to help you out in the long run. Like you said, with your wrestling, helping you get an audition and getting an actual commercial role. So that's just awesome. And I mean... Also exposing yourself to as many people as possible. I mean, we were just hiking up the Hollywood Hill the other day, and we were having a very nice conversation with these two ladies, and then later turns out they're two distribution ladies for Warner Brothers. Like, it's insane how the world, like, turns. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And, and because, you know, and, and, like, how do you start talking distribution with two strangers you never met if you don't know distribution, right? Exactly. So, That's I right. mean, oddly, we, we, had, we had knew enough to start a conversation, which is so insane. I love that. I love the attitude that you have with that about that, the, the learning and, and the continuous growth. I, I got to ask you, too, from everything that – and, by the way, congrats on the commercial because I've seen your commercial now through so many games, football games and basketball games. Yeah games it is appearing like everywhere Everywhere. uh i mean so that's pretty awesome uh congratulations on that but what i think one of the things i really enjoy about your performances and and all the different things that we've seen you in is that it's so genuine yeah it's i i think that your personality comes across extremely well in everything that you do that everything you perform in talk about that a little bit do you what's your approach when when you do it is something is as simple as a read for someone else because I know you help a lot of people with self-tapes also or when you're actually doing the performance for yourself after you've booked a role what is your approach for that do you dig deep into personal life or a personal uh, event that happened to you to find some sort of realism or is that all just skill that you've acquired or learned what's your approach so um for me like the OA I was on the OA um and for that show it was this was a piece of conversation that it was a really funny story the morning that I auditioned for it I did not have scrubs and I play a nurse and so I put something together but I was like oh this probably isn't right and it was a gut instinct and I've been going over lines and for me my process is I write everything down five times it's just how I learn Mm. like I learn I memorize by writing and then I'll start saying it as I walk and I go for a walk and I start putting it in conversation. And in the morning, if I can say it in the shower, I have it down. Like it's just within me. It's a weird technique, but for me, it really works. And I usually try and slip lines into normal conversation when I talk with people. There you go. And and see if they're if they react weird to it or if they're like paying attention. Because if I say something weird and they're not even listening, then I know <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but um, for me, I I know that in journalism and in life. The best performances that I've seen sound natural. It does not sound like a performance. Exactly. And I I at least have the gift, and I think all of us have a gift. I mean, you should know what our gifts are. The gift that I have is natural conversation. I can make anything sound natural. Now, beyond that, technique and all that stuff, that stuff I do at a class for, even eye lines, all the technical stuff, and digging deeper and learning how to get into personal experiences and mapping that was all something i had to learn Mm -hmm. but at least i can talk to somebody so whatever the lines are i try and have them in my mouth as much as possible so i can have the natural conversation so that morning when i was getting ready for the oa i was blow drying my hair and the blow dryer blew out and my shirt caught on fire which i was like oh my god you know (laughs) this is a sign i can't wear the shirt so i called a girlfriend (laughs) and i told her like i know you bought scrubs i'm coming to your house my clothes are literally caught on fire like i'm coming over and I remember borrowing her clothes for the audition, but she didn't have a hair dryer. So my hair was like 
crazy that day and I just tried to pull it together to come to the audition and I remember going in and just delivering it as I delivered in the car as I talked to her as I talked to my brother as my family and it was natural and also in a state of I had so many other things going on that the focus wasn't on doing the perfect audition Mm -hmm. it was having a conversation despite all the things that worked in and it turns out what I wore, how I had my hair, and how I had my makeup in the audition is how they wanted it on set. So right. you see, it's pretty much how my audition. <laughs> no one knows. I was so crazy yeah, that morning seriously. to go in for that. It was just like, oh my god. It was meant to um, be. That's right? that is fantastic. I just love stories like that. It's like you know, your, your shit lights on fire. You're thinking this is gonna be a bad day, but no, it's a good day. So no, I mean, it was that's good. And, and part of the process I should mention is my parents and my family and my friends, all of them. Um, everybody in my life has been able to rehearse lines with me and they have the pleasure mm. of doing that. <laughs> and, um, especially my parents, my, my siblings, they will read lines with me and they really go over it and they'll tell, tell me, they'll be like, you sound flat, you sound dry. And, and they'll just give me instructions. And I like that because they're a consumer of television that's not in this industry. So as somebody watching it, if it sounds flat or if I sound tired, or if it sounds good, they'll give me candid feedback. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've had them run many lines with me, and I'm really grateful for that because it is, it's helpful to have someone drill it with you. Absolutely, and support system is absolutely necessary in this industry for sure. You've got to be surrounded by people that believe in you but aren't scared to tell you what exactly. you said. Hey, right. it wasn't so good. <laughs> believe you, you're talented, but that sucked. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you got to have yeah, people yeah. like that, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you got to. But I imagine that helps with the writing as well, right? Because I have a similar background to you two. I spent just retired literally after like 20-something years in journalism. And writing news, far different than writing a script. Oh, yeah. So, um, But dialogue, I feel like, is some of the hardest stuff to learn to write. So if you are a natural conversationalist and, and you know how to carry on a natural conversation with a, just about any topic, it's got to help with the writing process. Yes, and that's a note that I got. So the first time I wrote something, I was really scared. I sent it her writer and she was like listen you need help with literally everything else like you need to have structure you need to read about conflict but she said your dialogue is great and i was like okay i got one thing right let's work on it (laughs) um in finding structures i've got a bunch of screenwriting books and i'm figuring out but yeah the dialogue i i can have because i think the best dialogue like i said is just so natural and it depends on your humor too i think with dialogue people have like you know there's a rule of three and other things i'm reading about in comedy but for me i have a very dry sense of humor Mm -hmm. and i find situations funny and i think for me in my writing i've been able to write that through my dialogue and my conversations where it depends on the delivery of the person doing it and if they can tap into that very quiet sneaky sense of humor um and it's funny because that's the stuff that I've also booked. Like, I never thought I'd be a comedian. I was like, no, it's drama. And I can be super dramatic mm-hmm. in theater. And, and now it's comedy. And it's the dry comedy. That's really funny. I've seen a little pattern in bookings. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I guess, yeah, yeah. I I guess mean, this is the, the route that we're going in with the writing. That shows up, too. I like that because a lot of people say comedy is harder than drama. Yeah. You know, to try to pull off comedy as opposed to drama. So, uh, you know, not a bad direction to go in by any means. No, um, not at all. So, uh, yeah, I, I just, like I said, I just really like your approach to everything. You know, we've been a fan. We, we should say we, we, we met you and been a fan since America 2.0 way back. And, and you just, your whole approach, your whole attitude, we couldn't wait to get you on the show because we knew this is how the conversation was going to be. Definitely. Um, 
and it's so inspiring to the people that are listening to it. Um, what advice? I guess I guess uh, we always like to do this for the for the people listening too. What advice would you give to people trying to get into the industry, and what pitfalls would you kind of have them avoid, or that you should say they should look out for based on what you've gone through? So I would say that you need to be super organized, and I know people have said this before about being a boss, being a CEO, but a more concrete example that helped me is I track every one of my auditions in a spreadsheet. And I commercial and theatrical, and I've done this since the first audition I've ever had, so that you get kind of data. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the business in terms of like an example. I track even what I was wearing in that audition. Wow. So I know what, what clothes are resonating, what headshot was submitted. So if my headshots aren't working, I now have that data of like, okay, this this one works really well, or we always use this one, or this one gets called in. And then I can count how many times I've been in an office. So when I'm writing a postcard, which is also something that I do, mm-hmm. I can talk intelligently about where I've been and thank them appropriately for the auditions I've had because I know exactly how many times I've been in that office. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say you need to be super organized and diligent about it. Get a spreadsheet together. And I know it's a lot to do, but you will help yourself in the end. And also, spreadsheets help you get reps because if you can go to a rep and say, listen, I have a 90% callback ratio when it comes to commercials, your commercial agents will be like, yes, let's bring you in mm-hmm. or let's sign you, you know? And I think that that is something that you should know what your worth is. Mm-hmm. And if you should know in this industry, are you willing to keep getting the nose? Because it's not for everyone and it's 100% okay if you're not on camera. You have other talents that you can use to still be in the industry, but it is a lot of no's. I would say that is something that you have to be ready for and there are years there are months where you're like what am i even doing i'm xyz age and i am not married yet or i don't have a kid i don't have a traditional life but i think there's something to remind yourself through that is you're doing a field that doesn't have traditional milestones Mm. milestones are getting an audition Mm -hmm. milestones are getting the next level milestones are networking and meeting people and writers on twitter that have networked with and i think that's another strategy that you should have you should be on twitter every day on social for like 10 minutes and start networking with the people that you want to work with mm-hmm. and start talking to them, start conversations. If somebody says, here's follow Friday, they've just done the research for you. You just have 45 writers that you can start following. Right. <laughs> exactly. something. You know, like it's there every day. It's there every week. Like you have the work done for you, start following and start engaging, but do not talk about work initially. Not like, Hey, I want to get hired. Nobody's interested in that. Right. You want to talk to people as human beings. And that's a rookie mistake people do um, in things that they send out. I do think people say having a stable financial background frees you up to do the work. And I think that that's true. But also, if you don't come from family money, if you don't have that support, you're going to be hustling and you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with knowing that your life means sometimes seven jobs to book a couple of nationals. And maybe those nationals run and maybe they don't. So you've kind of got to get smart about having multiple jobs that are income sources so that you do have that time to leave all day. Um, And I will say as somebody like I have not had a nine to five since I've graduated and I've never had one. So I've been able to do it through creative sourcing, but I think it's something where you learn to have to get these other jobs that maybe you didn't have your degree in, Mm -hmm. but that's okay because you're feeding a dream and you decide what those jobs are and if they no longer serve you move and I'm taking jobs I've had zero interest in but I learned a skill set that I could later use to submit for auditions or something else I think that's okay too like if you do a trade um, that's some of the advice I have is really get organized get your finances together 
to use your skill sets that you have. One of my jobs is I put actors on self-tape and I coach because I've worked with casting and I shoot right and edit and I shoot mm-hmm. 4K. That's a job for me. Mm-hmm. So use your skill sets to still stay in touch and then you learn. When you're auditioning other people, you learn. So always find different ways to figure that out. And then something I'd say is give back and get out of the industry and get out of town. That is the biggest thing that I found so yeah. helpful. Like book out. It's okay. Find agents. One of the biggest things when I signed with reps was I need if I book out, I need to be able to go. Mm-hmm. I'll come back if there's work. That's not a problem. I'll self-tape all of that. But if there's a time that I need to be out with my family, mm-hmm. I'm not missing my mom's 60th birthday. I'm not missing these things. These right. are life, and life happens with or without you. So I think the recharge and the reset mentality, it really refreshes you to come back stronger in this industry. Agreed. Uh, wow. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was solid advice. And I love the way you ended it because, you know, as as awesome as the entertainment industry is and being involved in it and working in it and stuff, you can't you can't give up life either, you know, because life happens and, and you, you know, you only get one chance at it, right? So you don't want to miss right. out on it. I, yeah, I think that's great advice at the end right there to, to make sure you don't miss out on that as well. So what you got coming up? Um, so, I mean, work-wise, I think this is a quiet part of the year, um, but Definite, I'm looking forward definitely. to pilot season and I have a um, pilot that I worked on that we're looking forward to seeing and coming out so I'm very excited about that and um, yeah I'm ready for pilot season and see what this year brings and I'm excited too because I've noticed in my work the caliber of stuff that I'm doing has gone up and I'm really excited for that challenge I love like give me the 14 pages and a day to memorize I'm down for it like oh, yeah. I find it as a fun challenge <laughs> I love that you know um, and I think it's fun to do exploring with that. And I'm working on these two pieces this break um, that I really want to get ready because in 2020, that's the year it's going to be paid. So I can't wait for that. And I can't wait to go home. My grandma's come over to visit and I can't wait to see her and see my family and spend some quality time with them and then get ready for another exciting year. And who knows where it'll go, but I think that's part of the excitement. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And we got to tell everybody, where can they find you on social media? Because we want everybody to follow you. Awesome. You can follow me on Instagram. It's at Chayanene, C-H-H-A-Y-A-N-E-N-E. And that's the same thing for Twitter. It's the same same handle. And come, come interact with me. And if I can shine a spotlight on them or any work that you're doing, I love doing that. So please, please come follow and we'll have a conversation. Oh, love that. Because that's what we like to do too. We, we pride ourselves on, on helping other people the way people have helped us. So I love that you said that. Because, uh, I mean, that that's what it's all about, right? Exactly. Helping each other we're, get to yes, where they want to get. We're in this industry and we should be helping each other. I don't care what the reason is. If you can help someone in any way, we should be reaching out and helping others come up. So absolutely. Well, listen. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We had a blast talking to you. We knew we knew we would. We knew it would be fun. Of course. But, no, I'm, I'm so excited. My mom. I told her. She was like, I can't wait to hear. Let's tell everybody. And so we'll probably have a full <laughs> listen party to it. <laughs> well, there you go. Tell mom. We'll we'll share the link. Don't worry. It'll be everywhere. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't wait. But, but it was really solid advice, and I know I know all the listeners are going to love it. And and yeah, just thank you so much. And open invite anytime you want to come back on and talk, or just come do a top five with us or yeah. whenever open invite you can come back whenever you want i'm totally down and for everybody listening y'all better be following them because this is awesome and share it with your friends 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 so. <laughs> <laughs> your friends 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 awesome <laughs> 
Well, listen, have a great rest of the week, and uh, we will definitely be in touch soon. And uh, thank you again. We, we can't thank you enough for coming on. Of course. Bye, guys. Have a great week. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. Man, she's just so awesome. She really is, and I just love her. <laughs> Dude, the story about no press pass, no nothing. Just going to grab my mm-hmm. camera and go hit the red carpet. Like, no, I'm going to cover this. Exactly. Like, you don't ever hear about because mm-hmm. they're so strict. Us coming from, you know, that background and stuff, we know how hard that yeah. can be to do that. So the the initiative that she took to just like, fuck it, I'm just going to walk up on this red carpet. That's amazing. Yeah, I love that. So, yeah, just, yeah. I like people who just go get it. Hell yeah. You know, that's what it's all about. Seriously, so. seriously. Thank you again, Chaya, for coming on the show. All right, now it is time for our top five segment. Oh, man, with the huge popularity and the huge anticipation for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, our top five this week is top five Star Wars characters plus the Mandalorians out. I'm watching all of the original films. I just got done with Empire Strikes Back, The Return of the Jedi. I watched the prequels before that, watched them in chronological order. Now I got... The two latest ones to get through, and I'll be all caught up. Yeah, that's awesome. I wanted I, I, the Mandalorian. I wanted to put like the Mandalorian himself on there, but I just feel like we don't know enough about him I yet because it just came on, I you know. Know. And then people are gonna call me on that bullshit because I put another one on there, and we don't know shit about him either. But he's on the list anyway. We don't so, even know if that's his fuck name. Fuck you. We don't even know if it's his name. <laughs> fuck you all. Anyway, he's but, on there. But I mean, he's the most trending thing on the internet. So <laughs> he is. Like we just said that. I so feel like he's fine. I feel like it's this fine. was tough though. It all was. kidding aside, this was a tough one. So, so many characters. I mean, you got the animated series for the Clone Wars, the Rebels, the Resistance, all the animated yeah. series. Then you got the prequels, like I said, the originals, and the new ones now. So, I mean, shit, guys. It, all right. It so, difficult. top five favorite Star Wars characters. I mean, I got to go with this badass motherfucker. Uh, Mace Windu, a.k.a. Samuel Jackson. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's like one of the only movies he didn't say motherfucker in. So it's, it's, it's true. It's crazy. It's crazy. I got Lando Calrissian. Calrissian? Uh, Calrissian. There guy. you go. That guy. Uh, I love both <laughs> interpretations because I love Donald Glover and I love the original guy. So, um, I'm too young to remember what his Billy name is. Billy D. Williams? Yeah, that guy right there. Um, <laughs> Gender neutral or yeah, fluid? General I, fluid. General uh, fluid. And then I got Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. Both phenomenal characters in their own right when he's coming up as a young Jedi and then mm-hmm, returns to the dark mm-hmm. side. And then I got Obi-Wan Kenobi because he's just a badass. And number one, I mean, all time. Yoda. Yoda. I mean, dude's freaking mm. end-all, be-all Jedi. I, I, I see you lean to the dark side, though. A little bit. You are leaning to the dark. Three out of your five were the dark side, bro. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're no, no. Okay, I'm gonna take that back. There was some question about a couple of them, but I feel like they worked out to the to the to the force. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it to you. All yeah. right. Anyway, mine, I, I, mine, I think are surprising a little bit, but you know, Princess Leia. Mm. I mean, come on, man. She's the focal point of the whole damn thing. Could be the huge big surprise Mm -hmm. in Rise of Skywalker. So we don't know. We'll see. But I mean, I just, I I just, I liked her. Yeah. You know, I I, I just think she's, she's great. Ray. Yeah. Because I think Ray might just be the baddest Jedi of all time. Oh. Like we haven't even, apparently we haven't even seen her step up to full Jedi power yet, which we might see in Rise of Skywalker. So I'm just saying, I feel like she could handle Luke. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm just saying. 
the most loyal person in all of Star Wars, mm-hmm. Chewbacca. Definitely. I, I mean, I liked him from the get-go, always been one of my favorite characters, but the way he interacted when Solo died, mm-hmm. it was just like, then it cemented it for me. This yeah. guy is like the loyal end-all, be-all. Just how can you not love him? Exactly. And then Baby Yoda! Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda! We don't even know if it is a Baby Yoda, a clone of Yoda. We don't know. We We have no idea. Favreau is promising that we'll get more backstory. We'll find out. But right now, all we know, Baby Yoda, but he's adorable. Yeah, He's already one of my favorites of all time, and he's only been out for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So, Baby Yoda. And then my favorite, by far, hands down, Han Solo. Mm. Why? Because he's a badass. (laughs) He always gets the women. He's a badass fighter. He's a badass flyer. He's a badass little thief. He's just badass. And so Han Solo is like the most badass person in the universe. (laughs) If you don't like him, I don't know. Luke always whined. Luke was a little whiny bitch. Han Solo wasn't. Everybody's like, why don't you have Luke on the list? Because he was a whiny bitch. I I like Han Solo. Honestly, the only Skywalkers we do is Anakin and I mean, if Ray is a Skywalker, we it's don't know true. That. It's I mean, true. Of course, Leia too. But yeah, that, but we—I mean, we don't know Ray yet. Yeah, we exactly. don't know Ray yet. Exactly. <laughs> Fix the shit, JJ. Fix the shit. But yeah, I mean, he—he he finally. Did you see this story? He finally kind of like you know how they've been praising the Last Jedi mm-hmm. and nobody will say anything bad. He yeah. kind of in a roundabout way said i don't think people go to star wars movies to have questions yeah exactly so i think that was a dig at yeah well because the exact line was no it doesn't matter whose race parents were mm-hmm. you you guys know how it played out in last jedi apparently jj doesn't agree with that yeah. so i'm hoping that means matter. wink wink nudge nudge i'm fixing that shit you'll find out who Ray's parents are exactly and, oh man i'm just excited saying. just saying. excited for it man next week hell yeah hell yeah uh let's head over to box office recap oh Oh man, uh, this by no surprise. Frozen 2 was number one with 35.1 million. I predicted 35 to 40 million. Uh, number two was Knives Out with 14.2 million. I predicted 10 to 15 million. Number three was Ford versus Ferrari with 6.7 million. I predicted 5 to 10. And number four, I got wrong with Queen and Slim. Uh, it came in at number four with 6.6 million. And number five was A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood with 5.2 million. Those two, I just got flip flop. Yeah, so. it's so funny. Knives out overperforming. It's doing yeah. way better than they thought it would. And it's the director from uh, Last Jedi, yeah, which we were exactly. just like, everybody fucking hated. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the funny thing is, is that Knives Out was written in direct response to the haters yeah. of Last Jedi. Exactly. So what does that say? I don't even know what that means. But Ryan Johnson's like, eh, pfft. Fuck you! And now he's having a huge hit with it. So good for him. I guess, you know, he just moved on from the hate. and I don't know. (laughs) At least he's capitalizing on it, man. He is. He Uh, is. New movies that are coming out this week. We got some good ones, guys. We got Richard Jewell. Mm. That one is huge, huge. Uh, Then we got Jumanji, the next level. This one was fucking crazy good. Uh, The first one was crazy good at the box office. It held the at the number one spot for like three straight weeks. Nobody thought it was going to do that. Overperformed. Um, And then we got Black Christmas also coming out. But movies you could still go see are Joker, Last Christmas, Playing With Fire, Midway, Ford vs. Ferrari, Frozen 2, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, 21 Bridges, Knives Out, Queen and Slim, Dark Waters, and 
I mean, if you want to, it was a huge bath. Uh, Play Mobile, the movie, which nobody went and saw last week. No, no, no. I would, I, I wouldn't even put that on a streamer. No, I just put try to pretend honest. that shit didn't even happen. Exactly. If I was the studio, I'd just try to pretend that shit didn't even happen. Exactly. Um, so we've got Black Christmas and Last Christmas. Yeah, basically two totally different movies. Yeah, by the way, not the same. Not the same. <laughs> Let me see that Christmas movie. Which, Which one? Christmas yeah. movie? The horror in your face slasher film or the George Michael love fest? We don't know. I mean, you got to be very careful when you go up to the box office window. Oh, my God. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Number one, I think it's going to be Jumanji the next level because, I mean, like I said, the first one overdid itself, and I think this one is going to have massive success as well uh i think it'll be around 35 to 40 million mm-hmm. uh number two i think will be frozen two with around 15 to 20 million number three i think will be black christmas around 10 to 15 million number four i think will be richard jewel with around 10 to 15 million just because of all the controversy it has surrounding it um and then the number five film was going to be knives out with five to ten million mm. i i mean that list sounds pretty solid to me i would flip-flop uh richard jewel and uh, Black Christmas, but yeah, and because of what you said, I think the controversy is going to make people come out and kind of see that one. Um, so I don't know. I'm hoping, you know, because I love Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. huge, always been a fan. He was on my top five favorite directors yeah. of all time, also on my list of top five people I want to work with all the time. Um, so I, there's a trend there. Exactly. I like Clint Eastwood, and of course, we love Billy Ray, mm-hmm. you know, one of our favorite guests of all time, just a great writer. So I'm hoping that movie does really well. Uh, we'll see. We'll yep, see. We shall. We shall. Now it's time for the IMDb Pro Top Trending Segment. Oh man, we love this app. At the end of every day and at the beginning of every morning, we we go through this app going, looking at the industry news. What are the trades talking about? The new and improved actors, who's trending, who's not, what's in production, what's in development, all that good you stuff. You can learn so much stuff from this app. Did you, you know that the Mandalorian, oh, old Pedro there, there's three people that play the Mandalorian. Yeah, exactly. And the, one ep- the last episode with uh, Ming-Na Wen... Pedro wasn't even in it. Yeah. He was filming something else, and there was the other guys playing it. Did you know that? Exactly. So you, could, you would if you had IMDb Pro. You would. I'm just saying. You would. Uh, top trending movie by no surprise is still The Irishman. Mm, um, yeah. I think this one might be booted out next week just because Rise of the Skywalker is coming. Mm. And, I mean, you got Black Widow coming. Dun, 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 dun. Exactly. Yeah, you know, the ominous. <laughs> exactly. Uh, top trending TV show is still The Mandalorian by no surprise. I mean, baby yoda yeah now, i don't think is. that one's going anywhere yeah. that might be sitting at the top of the tv shows for quite a while yeah, i'm just saying until man the end of 2019 <laughs> i'm not even gonna lie <laughs> um and the top trending star is Ana de armis who just got nominated for the golden globes yep so yep good for her um now it's time for a uh, music stuff oh music stuff uh the weekend basically dominating the billboard chart toppers um, with his diss of selena no no no, no, no a little no. bit, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> cool, doesn't he even name her i think I, he like directly names her doesn't he <laughs> like no that ain't a diss on selena but i said it like I said just, what it. the I fuck said, I said her name it kind of is um <laughs> top vinyl album sells abby road the beatles it's because of paul mccartney teaming up yes that's what it is um top album songs are top album sales and the billboard top 200 albums goes to the frozen 2 soundtrack people are enjoying it as yes. much as the first one i don't think there's a breakout single like 
let it go or do you want to build a snowman but it was still a good soundtrack that was was honestly one of the most things i wanted to go see the film for is to see what new music would be out and would it be catchy i think as catchy all the success of frozen 2 is due completely to jason ritter (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm just gonna say it (laughs) jason ritter that's okay that's all i'm saying Uh, he didn't sing a damn song but it's all due to jason Jason ritter Ritter. oh my gosh (laughs) Artist of the Week goes to Billie Eilish. Uh, radio song goes to Good as Hell from Lizzo. Oh, by the way. Oh, Lizzo, oh no. You're Lizzo, going there. You're going there. Lizzo, uh, please, please, please do not twerk at any more Lakers games. No, and please, who's ever running the giant Jumbotron, don't put her <laughs> up. If she does, that's all I'm saying. Oh, my gosh. Oh. And basically, the rest is The weekend with Heartless. Top streaming song. We got the Hot 100, and we also got the top digital song sales goes to Heartless, The Weeknd. Mm. Not a Selena diss. It is a Selena diss. It is a Selena diss. To be fair, though, might be deserved. Yeah. I mean, she basically came out with the song Love You to Find Myself or whatever the fuck that song's called or whatever. Basically saying that she was still in love with Bieber the whole time. So what does that mean for The Weeknd? I know. He was a rebound. Yeah, she basically just flat out used him and said she never loved him. So why not give a diss song back? I'm just saying. Kind of fucked up. Kind That's what funny. the music industry is all about lately, isn't it? It's yeah. just fucking back and forth exactly. dissing people. Exactly. Nick Cannon Nick, and Eminem. Yeah, yeah exactly. like what the fuck? I can't wait till Eminem drops a track and just murders him. Um, <laughs> Hashtag R.I.P. Cannon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm, episode 95. We gotta thank 95. Got to thank our guest one more time, Chaya Nene. Oh, make sure to follow her anywhere on social media she's everywhere you did a fantastic job by the way with chaya's name i know, I know. Uh, it's I amazing tried. it's yeah. great thank good you. well done thank you well done thank you make sure to follow us on social media <laughs> as well the company at crazy ant media we're everywhere on all social media platforms we are pinners we, we need your help we, we need your help some <laughs> uh, make sure to also follow our personal accounts at jlo fantastic and crazy ant guy 1970 that's right any can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast anchor apple podcast spotify iHeartRadio, radio google play music and so many more and like i said it is christmas time guys so head over to crazyantmedia.com <laughs> to our merchandise tab and get some crazy ant media gear everyone wants it everyone loves it who doesn't want a bonk shirt that's or a, right. bonk, a bonk bag I like, a bonk bag that's like right that. that's a bonk bag I, maybe next year maybe next year we sell bonk Santa hats. That would be bad. Oh my gosh, yeah. We couldn't get it done this time in, in time, yeah. but maybe next year you can buy a bonk Santa hat with your bonk bag. Hell yeah. That'd Hell be yeah. awesome. You know who I'm betting <laughs> <laughs> who is listening to this freaking the Eminem Nick Cannon diss and who wants to get involved? Oh, you know she does <laughs> with a bonk with Santa a, hat. With that is, bonk should we Santa put it on there? Oh, what's up? up?